Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Goodwill Meditation Group webinar. Today is August 31st, 2022. We are glad to have all of you joining us here today, joining online via Zoom, interface, or via the live streams on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. I'd also like to give a shout out to all of those who are watching the archive of this meeting via the Lucis Trust podcast, Intersight, which is available via Apple, Google, and Spotify. My name is Michael Galloway, and I am here today with my colleague, Steve Nation, to present on the theme, Invoking the Future, Upcoming Initiatives at the United Nations. Steve will be speaking about two specific initiatives today, the Transforming Education Summit to be held September 16 and 17, and the Summit of the Future to be held next year, September 2023. <clears throat> Today's theme brings together, on one hand, the very human and very spiritual act of achieving contact with the divine, that is, invocation, with the equally spiritual work of responding to human need and bringing human civilization and culture into the future. All of this will, I think, provide a very rich basis for a group discussion, and all of you are invited to contribute to that later in today's session. So please, if you have a thought, jot it down, make a note, and we'd love to hear from you. The meeting today will conclude with a group meditation on goodwill, and this is, of course, the main focus of our work. For those of you who are new to the Goodwill Meditation Group, the group aims to facilitate the flowering forth of goodwill in all manners of human thinking, human action, and human relationship. Through the power of directed thought and united invocation, the group brings forth the energy of essential goodness, of right relationship. And this field can and does throw light on the solutions to some of humanity's most difficult problems. The group links up subjectively every Wednesday at noon in your local time zone, and we invite you all to join in each week and to use the Goodwill Meditation. The webinar meets on the last Wednesday of each month and seeks to support the weekly work of the group and introduce new members to its work. So before we begin today, let us join together in a period of short alignment and followed by the mantra which will appear on your screen. We link up first with the group. Each member scattered all throughout the globe. Linking up also with the soul, one's own soul, and through the medium of that soul, the soul of the group. This is its, its purpose, its heart, 
its spiritual essence. We extend that alignment upwards into the higher realms of mind and heart where dwell those, those agencies, those potencies recognized by all the great world religions as truly divine. We sound together the mantra. May the power of the one life pour through the group of all true servers. May the love of the one soul characterize the lives of all who seek to aid the great ones. May we fulfill our part in the one work through self-forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech. It is humanity's sacred and destined responsibility to free itself and all life forms on the planet from the pernicious effects of all past wrong, to resolve the past into the present, and to bring all things into the future. This is humanity's challenge and its duty. It requires the birth of a new and hitherto hidden aspect of our nature, the birth of the inner Christ or soul. The soul is the surest guide in all spiritual work. It is the source of human virtue and goodness. The birth into objective expression of the very soul of humanity will create a true renaissance in all departments of human living. It will transform humanity from the inside out. Changes in consciousness will bring about changes in action and living. The nature of the soul, when evoked, will flower forth 
as right relationship and goodwill among all peoples. Humanity, therefore, by its innate nature, is well equipped to bring human civilization and the planet into right alignment with the highest good. <clears throat> its feet are rooted so firmly in the world of manifested reality, yet its true essence is of a nature so divine it exceeds even our wildest imagination. Between these two parts, these two halves of its yet-to-be-reconciled constitution is the expanse, the vast expanse of the mind wherein this soul resides. From the center of the plane of mind, the soul reaches upwards to truth and beauty in their purest forms. At the same time, that soul projects itself downwards and outwards, illuminating the vast web of ideas, ideology, and doctrine which constitute the sum total of human thinking. Our theme today is on invoking the future. One might ask, what is required to bring forth true spiritual guidance and to steward humanity and the planet step by step on the upward way. Of the many characteristics and virtues humanity must bring to bear on this task, humility is perhaps the most important. Who are any of us to say precisely what sort of future ought to be evoked. Detachment from our own ideas, plans, and visions is a good first step towards seeing the larger picture. An honest assessment, an honest and accurate assessment or estimation of our limitations and our capacities allows us to proceed without selfish preoccupation. We can instead focus entirely on the work to be done for humanity and the planet. Right humility thus brings the freedom to truly serve. It is also the first step towards right vision. For only when one's eyes are focused on the greater whole and the highest good can the right vision of the future begin to take shape. Vision requires the employment of the imagination. It necessitates sensitivity to those principles and potencies which are ready to be brought down to meet the need. Right vision requires a focused mind purity of intent, freedom from illusion, and a compassionate response to human need. To right vision, though, must be added the capacity to put into clear form the path whereby the group arrives 
at the ideal. This requires the right employment of the mind, of course, keen discernment and intelligence, but especially the ability to maintain the principle, the, the spiritual purpose throughout all stages of the creative process. The best laid plans often go awry. And when the goal is the externalization of spiritual principles, it's the effects produced and not intention, which is the measure of success. The creative process whereby the ideal is brought down into form is so often fraught with subtle yet profound difficulties. So easily does the form lose connection to that higher principle. The purpose of the whole endeavor gets lost unless the man, woman, or group becomes themselves the link to that higher principle. Through the medium of the human, that is, the soul plus the personality fused together into one, can soul and form, spirit and matter, be brought together. To do so, the mind must be held steady in the light, and the group must learn to think at all times as the soul in alignment with the highest good. Invoking the future requires finally the employment of the will, the directing of one's entire being in all its many facets to some cause or work. Will is more than intention. It is the agency and the power to be and to act. Where the will is present and aligned, right action is sure to follow. The flourishing forth of goodwill in all manner of human relationships, that is, across every barrier of race, every barrier of nation, and of ideology, that flowering forth of goodwill is the direct result of the will to good. And so on that note, I think I've said quite enough, and I'd like to pass it over to Steve Nation, who's joining us from New York. Steve, hello. Hi, Michael. Thank you for that. Uh, that was wonderful. And thank you, too, for the alignment that we started with. Um, that's really the spirit in which we're all working. Gosh, there's nearly 100 of us now. Um, and if you look at the names, it's, I was just looking at the names before, and you have a real sense of the diversity of different cultures, different, possibly different languages, although we're working in English. But um, it's a joy to be here. So when we stand in the present, it's easy to recognize the power that ancient inherited thought forms, desires, and glamours have in the mind and heart of the present. But in order to work creatively in building for the future, we need to be careful that we're not overpowered by a sense of the heaviness of all of these inherited ways of thinking and being 
and the hold that they inevitably have, not just on human affairs, but on our own individual self and our own path. We have to be able to understand the essential glamours and illusions that have conditioned that past if we're going to chart a way forward that progressively frees us from the glamours. Only then can we direct our gaze towards those areas in human affairs where principles carrying the newer liberating energies of right relationship are already in process of becoming points of focus for collective thought and will. So as we look to the future, we can invoke those principles of right relations. And we can invoke the spiritual beings who inform those principles. And even more importantly, perhaps, we can look for the evocative effect those principles are already having on human affairs in the present. It's only as we begin to see these principles at work in the present that we can really begin to understand how the principles, these universal principles, might take human expression in the future. And so it is that in this context, we might turn our attention to two forthcoming events at the United Nations headquarters in New York. Looking at these two events as spaces where the principles of the future are clearly having an impact on the present and on the visioning of future possibilities. Both events will be a culmination of a carefully nurtured process of dialogues, study papers, research projects involving government representatives, professionals, business people, community groups from every region of the planet. We forget sometimes, I think, how incredibly new this global dialoguing and carefully organized process of dialogue, how new it is in human affairs. Both um, of, the, of the summits that I'm going to be talking about are designed to explore, develop and clarify a vision for the future that will bring us as a species closer to the principles at the heart of the United Nations. These are principles that are clearly enshrined in the charter, unity and diversity, freedom, cooperation, sharing, and in essence, these are the principles that are described in Aegis Wisdom teachings as the principles of right human relations. The first event um, that to draw attention to is the Transforming Education Summit. It's going to be held at, um, at the UN headquarters here in New York, just across the road from where I'm sitting from our offices um, in uh, um, next month for two days, Friday and Saturday, September the 16th and the 17th at the UN. Um, 
And it's during the time when there's a terrific stimulation of the UN, which had reported in newspapers and newscasts and broadcasts in every part of the world, because it's the opening of the special session of a new session of the General Assembly. Heads of state come come to the general to the General Assembly to speak, and um, usually. Um, there's a huge audience for people from each country listening particularly to their head of state and perhaps to others. Um, and during this um, Transforming Education Summit, there'll be a wide variety of gatherings involving young people, educators, academics, business people, all who will be sharing visions of what a quality transformational education might look like in the near and distant future and how it might be possible to provide a quality education for all. Remember here, we're talking about for all human beings on the planet. While this will inevitably contain, the summit will inevitably contain a wide variety of visions and interpretations. It provides an opportunity to empower the principles of what a new education is becoming highlighting qualities, highlighting the atmosphere of the classroom, the skills and the approach needed from teachers. The third day of the summit is, can be thought of as rather like a ritual. I, I often look at events like this as a ritual. Um, Monday, September the 19th, it's, it's, it's being referred to as the leaders day when heads of state and national leaders present to the summit, national statements of commitment, and uh, the leaders will participate in a series of roundtables, all focused on the education needed by their citizens to adequately prepare for the challenges of an increasingly interdependent world. It's important to realize that at a summit like this at the UN, that this is a major event, and that summits usually involve years of preparation. And for the education summit, this included an international commission with leading educational thinkers reflecting different perspectives, hosting a series of discussions over two years that culminated in the publication of um, a report, Reimagining Our Futures Together, a new social contract for education. The work of the commission was discussed in the Wogable newsletter, the second issue of 2021, that had the theme of education, unveiling the light of the soul. I'll post in the chat box um, after this talk is over, a series of references that um, for those who want to explore more um, about any of these events. And one sign of some of the thinking at the heart of the coming summit that's in other words, that this is thinking where reflects the principles of right relations, how they're impacting a focus of thought and vision in the present. And so I wanted to read a little piece from a paper that was prepared as part of the um, education summit as part of the commissions, um, the future of education commissions work. And this is a paper about global citizenship for human flourishing. Education needs to be repurposed and redesigned to build not just human capital for economic growth, 
but to create global citizens for human flourishing. In, the, in this paper, we describe global citizens as lifelong learners who possess the critical consciousness to drive active citizenship, to recognize the inherent interconnectedness and dignity of all life, and instill the values of acceptance, equality, respect for diversity, empathy, and compassion. So the second event at the UN that's going to take place in a year's time in September next year, 2023. Um, again, this will be part of the big opening of a new session of the General Assembly will be a summit of the future. Setting out in Secretary General Guterres words, a new agenda for peace. And the idea is the, the, the whole planning for the summit is that the summit will provide a once in a generation opportunity to reinvigorate global action, recommit to fundamental principles, and to further develop the frameworks of multilateralism so that they're fit for the future. The new president of the General Assembly who will be taking over um, as president next month and shaping the the work the year's work for the General Assembly um, is from Hungary, Ambassador Karosi. And he has said of the summit of the future that it will be one of the most significant undertakings of the UN since the adoption of the 2030 agenda and the SDGs in 2015. It will be a vision, he said, of what kind of world we're going to have for many, many years to come. It will be a vision of how we would like to imagine ourselves, the human society and international community, and of how we're going to transform the world. Now, to me, that's a pretty incredible statement about the role of invoking the future. The Summit of the Future is one of the main results of the Secretary General's wide-ranging 2021 report, Our Common Agenda. And this report relied heavily on the need to restore trust and cooperation as the core energies, the core values from the local to the global level, essential for international cooperation, any form of cooperation, and for certainly multilateral um, action. And this report, our common agenda states that everything proposed in the report depends on a deepening of solidarity. Solidarity not as charity, but in an interconnected world, it is common sense. And it is the principle of working together, recognizing that we are bound to each other and that no community or country can solve its challenges alone. Solidarity is about our shared responsibility to and for each other, taking account of our common humanity and each person's dignity, our diversity, and our varying levels of capacity and need. The mantra of unification includes the invocation, let the future stand revealed. 
And as we ponder these two coming summits at the UN, one just a couple of weeks away and one over a year away, we can hold this thought in mind. Let the future stand revealed. And let the group of servers involved in these summits be inspired now in the present to deepen their understanding of the energies of trust, cooperation, sharing and goodwill, so that they may be better equipped to serve in the mobilization of these energies in all fields of life. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. I'll, I'll actually, I'll post this um, in the chat box now. I'll post some references. So if anyone wants to copy these, they can. All right, thanks. Thanks, Steve. And I see that uh, eventually also shared the uh, the transcript there as well. Oh, okay. Then on the trend, the, the references are at the bottom of the transcript. So okay. there you go. Okay, yeah, great. Thanks, Evangelia. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. That was a great presentation. And we've reached the part of the webinar now where the floor is open for discussion. Um, there's a lot to ponder and think about. If anybody has anything they'd like to contribute, please, you can raise your hand using the reactions button on your Zoom toolbar. Click reactions and there's an option there to raise hand. Um, I see here Joshua has his hand raised, probably from uh, the social media. Joshua, go ahead. Hi, we have a uh, question from Ariel R. on YouTube. He asks, uh, where do you hope the world to be with these talks in five years, possibly? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the million dollar question, you know, that's sort of what the whole, what all the talks are going to be focusing on, you know, what is that vision for the future? Where will, what sort of world do we want to create? You know, what is, what is it going to be? What are we going to discuss? You know, I think many people would hope by that point, we weren't discussing war, the question of peace or war any longer. Um, for sure, that would be something that had resolves. But I mean, there's all sorts of fundamental problems out there that are really not contentious. You know, the, the problem of, of world hunger, for instance, um, of education, certainly. I think all individuals deserve the right to a basic education. Uh, I mean, you can look through the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and just, to me, that's a good guide of what are sort of, the, what's the sort of baseline we should be at, you know, and where we should try to try to get to in, in I as you say Michael that's a great question I love that question so in five years time and it's a good question for all of us to really think I mean to me so if you take the transforming education summit which is sort of easier because it's focused on a specific like in the wisdom terms specific problem of humanity one of the huge areas for development what I what to me is realistic is that in five years time in nearly in what no in many many places where education is being developed now that's um, boards of education that's parents that are local school parents groups that's um, groups of principals um, in schools 
um, universities, every area of education you can imagine, there will be a vibrant, active discussion about the common good, about the critical thinking, and about how we evoke an education that is about the whole person and moves away from this terrifically ingrained habit of educating for consumerism, basically, educating for um, a job and um, for success, for economic and financial success for the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's not a that's not a um, sort of idealistic goal. That's quite possible because events like this, they stimulate terrific discussion. The other thing I imagine, then I'll shut up, is that young people moving into education in five years' time, the opportunities for them to focus their studies on values work, on transpersonal work, on and also on spiritual values in education will be enormous. So as part of an option that more and more young people in more and more countries have to move into their new profession on education will be to explore and to deepen and develop their understanding of the role of spirituality in education. I think in five years time, that's quite possible because there's plenty of evidence for that now. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, I'd like to hear uh, what other people, how other people would answer this question. Other people on the call, the call, the, the webinar. Um, anybody like to raise your hand, please go ahead. I know there's some comments in the chat. We can all read those. Uh, I'd prefer to leave the floor open for people to share audibly rather than Steve or I just reading out the chat box. But while we're waiting on a hand to raise, Steve, I just thought about um, you know the importance of education for economic success, financial success, really important. But also, it's just the development of the mind in the basic sense, you know, the freedom that brings. Yeah. You know, to me, that's such a huge. It's very, the ability just to to develop the mind, at least to some degree, is such a basic human quality. It's really what makes us human is the ability to employ the mind, however way we want to, of course. Um, yeah. Exactly. And to, and to leave people free because there are different orientations. So it's just the focus on the mind. And one of the things that came up in the um, Education Commission that I really liked is, the, is an idea that people... De- in the process of developing the mind, one of the things that particularly young people have to face is the ethics of interdependence. So people are encouraged to establish their own relationship and there's not a right or wrong response to that. And to me, that's a, you know, if, 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 if in developing the mind, people are thinking about something wider than the self as well as the self, that's a huge um, possibility. Eleni, I see, has a raised hand. Eleni, go ahead. You can unmute yourself. Yes, thank you. Hi. Hi. Um, you know, as you were speaking, the, the question and offering answers, um, I mean, offering from, from your knowing and understanding what 
um, I'm staying with the whole person and um, the interdependence. And there is something here that um, arose for me, the reality of what young people um, are going through, especially the last few years, um, uh, even in countries that are, so to speak, faring well. And um, I hear so much about young people um, struggling and having challenges that manifest psychologically, for example, and affect their bodies and their physical, you know, welfare and their well-being, their relationships with, you know, um, uh, with each other. And so I, I kind of wanted to put that in, in the big bowl of um, bringing attention to the elements, you know, that, that, that are important to, to offer interest um, and compassion and unconditionality. So that, thank that's you. all. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's such a, almost a sort of contemporary problem in a way that it's such on the rise and it's very disturbing, I think, to see young people suffering and in such large numbers psychologically. And it seems maybe that at the evolution of humanity, because we know humanity is still evolving, there's an increased sensitivity amongst younger people, perhaps that's making them more vulnerable to all, the, all these crises and tensions that humanity's going through right now exacerbated of course by technology and all sorts of other things just um i see that simon's got it but just one to me thank you so much eleni because i think that's that really makes the essence of the issue of education it's this profound cry from young people that this present all of the structures of the present are don't work and are causing this terrific distress in young people and it's that cry and the sort of the tragedy like youth suicide rates in so many different countries as you say north and south all areas it's that cry that will fuel has to fuel the finding a new way forward it's almost as if we could push that cry. There's a think of a global summit on transforming education and think of the pressure that's pushing that summit for creative thinking is that cry from young people, that cry of despair of um, it's not working. A new consciousness is needed Simon, do you want to unmute yourself? Um, hello, good evening. Good evening. Hey. Um, I was just um, thinking a couple of days now that uh, really uh, perhaps there's, of course, there's different circles and different uh, societies that we come from and that we live in. But uh, I would say the the training of the mind or the explanation how 
of what the mind is and how the mind works is, uh, I don't know if it's much known in in the education system or within the uh, the social system or within the, even with the young generation, I think it's, uh, it's relatively, um, I don't know, our generation was more like under the impression of survival skills and survival, uh, uh, survivalism basically, uh, the way I felt it where I live. Uh, but uh, even now, I don't know if the, there is lots of people uh, understanding that it is the mind itself that uh, helps people to overcome the obstacles of life too. And uh, basically, uh, sometimes it's just uh, tread a bit lightly uh, or take it a bit easier uh, and not that... Uh, that with such a burdening effect to each other on uh, how how to react or what to do in terms that there's always tomorrow i think it, which is really positive uh, thinking i would say because uh, there are tough times sometimes there are tough days perhaps uh, that people say uh, i don't know we, we've seen it in this uh, Ukraine uh, war, how there was good days, there was bad days, and then now there is just somehow, uh, I think it's, I almost forgot that the war is going on. And, uh, but it's still, uh, con the conflict is still there. There's both sides trying to win. And uh, I don't know whether they'll meet the common ground to, to, to go to the direction to to start discussing potential peace or something and in uh, i think that maybe 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 just where i stand i see that the uh, this education on what the mind is and how to work uh, is a bit uh, has fallen in this late couple of years if not 10 years maybe I don't know. It's uh, perhaps uh, it could be a point to to work on that. Maybe I don't know. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Simon. I mean, I think that's essential, and that, in a way, is the work of what we will present and and the different activities of the trust presenting one model for the development of the mind. And there are many other models. Um, that, and all have a lot of similarity about the mind, as Michael, I thought, spoke beautifully about the mind with all these unbelievable dimensions of mind. And if you look at um, wherever you are, if you look at psycho psychology deals with the nature of mind, and if you look at your academic institutions, you'll find increasingly, certainly in the US, this is the case, there are more and more avenues mindfulness has helped enormously to expand the, the sort of overall understanding of what is the mind but it's the really i agree it's the really central issue now particularly in education 
Oh, so we have three questions, just as we're starting to run out of time, because we still have to do our meditation, but we'll try to get to as many as we can. Uh, Matthew Martin? Yeah, hi. Hi. Yeah, everybody here, everybody on this call and this webinar, including friends that we know, we all want goodwill in the world. We all, we're all coming from our own hearts of goodwill for everybody. And there's so many of us, there are millions and millions of people in the world. Um, <clears throat> the majority of the people in the world want goodwill and love in the world. They want a better world. Um, so I just wanna remind us all that each of us individually have a vision of a better world and a world that's right and good for everyone, a world that's with human rights and dignity for all people, a world that protects the environment and, um, and respects other people and the diversity of other people. And so there's so much that we all share with others in the world and we're, we are of a similar mind down deep because we all are souls. We're all souls, you know, of the divine one. And we all are, we all know our interconnectedness. We all know that the earth is interconnected, that the ecosystems are interconnected and that we're all interdependent. We're all one family. So we have a vision. We have the visions of the new world already. And now it's so important for us all to meditate um, inside and, and <clears throat> clarify these visions and affirm them as the truth and move forward. We got to carry the whole humanity with us. We're on a wave right now and we got to, uh, we got to keep moving forward on it. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. I'm going to go right away to Lois here. Lois Eichelson, go ahead. Can, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. I believe that one of the very most important things for education to do is actually to teach people, students, how to think critically. Mm -hmm. Because if they could do that, they can figure out what information is good and what information is bad. And I think it's just the most important thing. And that will also help us develop our science. So I just think it's really, really important to teach people how to think rather than what to think. And my second point is that in five years, I really hope and pray that education is expanded to include women where education is denied, for, you know, particularly in many of the uh, Muslim countries uh, in North Africa and of course, you know, all the OPEC uh, nations. Yeah. That's it. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Steve, I think maybe we should go ahead and proceed yeah, into the meditation. I think so. I think so. Okay. I think so. Thanks, Michael. All right. 
All right. Thank you, Steve. And thank you, everybody, for this, this great discussion. It was really wonderful to hear all of your thoughts. Um, so let us take a moment to quiet the mind. to link up in thought with all those people throughout the world who are working in this Goodwill Meditation Group. We reflect upon the fact of relationship. You're related to your family. To your community. To your nation. to the world of nations. And to the one humanity composed of all nations, all races and nations. We sound together the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail 
let all people love. Reflect upon your own and humanity's relationship with all those beings who dwell in the higher realms of mind and heart. This is the spiritual hierarchy of saints, of rishis, of bodhisattvas and masters, which are honored by all the world's religions and spiritual groups. Imagine that you are standing together within the center of the spiritual hierarchy, immersed in the consciousness of the heart of love. For some, this heart of love is known as the Christ, and other faiths have other names for the one at the center. Maintaining that high point of contact, now let your thoughts reach out to include all the members of the human family in whom the energy of goodwill is active.
and we silently use the affirmation of love in the center of all love I stand from that center I the soul will outward move from that center I the one who serves will work may the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart through my group and throughout the world. Visualize the energy of love flowing from the spiritual hierarchy through the men and women of goodwill and into the hearts and minds of all people, infusing them with goodwill and creating loving and harmonious human relationships. Meditate on ways of spreading goodwill, creating right human relationships, and restoring peace on earth. Realize that you are helping to build a channel between the spiritual hierarchy and humanity through which the energy of goodwill may flow, uniting humanity, solving its problems, and healing all differences and cleavages.
we sound together the great invocation, linking in thought with the men and women of goodwill all over the world. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate your continued participation in this work, and especially each week, joining in service every Wednesday to use this meditation. If you need a copy of the meditation, you can write to us at worldgoodwill at lucistrust.org. We look forward to seeing all of you next month at the next webinar on September 28th. Have a good day.